Welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is why I don't rebind books. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who's supported the company so far. If you haven't got a chance, go check us out on the web at murdycreative.co. That's M-U-R-D-Y creative.co. Or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching at createmurdycreative.co to see the best of our product shots. Follow us, keep up to date with our daily photos, and be the first one to know about new product launches. You can also use the subscribe button at the bottom of our website to be included in all of our new product announcements. Be sure to check out our laser engraving personalization option and exclusive colors on the website or you can get a blank one on Amazon Prime. Also, if you want to talk to me or any of the staff or any of the other people in our community more directly in a more, um, I would say, private and uh, communal group chat than perhaps we might otherwise find on a social media platform like Instagram and Facebook, please join our Discord server. We have the link in the top of the description. The Discord server is its own platform. It's managed by us at the company. It allows for us to have different channels where we can talk about things like behind the scenes, podcast topics, um, suggestions, frequently asked questions, and some of the new prototypes and projects I'm working on. So go join the Discord server. It's a great way to talk to us. Uh, It's a fun way for us to get some more uh, communication out of you guys too. So one of the things that has been a common request since I started this company from the beginning was, can you rebind my Bible? Now, I should say that there's something heartening about the fact that it's always the Bible that people are asking about, right? It's that they read it so much. It's a family heirloom. It's something they love, and that's why they want it rebound, right? And rebinding a Bible, for example, as a specific book is not necessarily much different than other books. It does have some unique challenges to it, mostly the fact that the pages in almost every Bible are wafer thin. But other than that, most of the time, it's not particularly challenging compared to, or, or any more challenging, I should say, than any other rebinding process. And we have never, as a company, offered rebinding as a service, and there's a couple of reasons why. One, the process of rebinding a book is very delicate. It is very difficult because there's a lot of unknowns that you just can't find out until you dive into it. And so that kind of complicated, delicate work is just challenge. It's challenging to find people who can do it, right? It's a difficult thing. Furthermore, the process of rebinding a book is actually very different than anything else we do in the workshop. So the gluing, the stitching that go into rebinding a book is a lot of the process. And we don't do any gluing or stitching in the workshop. So the leather part is actually relatively straightforward on a book. And that's the part that we specialize in. The internal rebinding process is far more challenging. But that being said, I had a good friend of mine who I've known since college. We went to Austria together. He is a great guy. He brought, he actually asked me about this about two years ago, three years ago. I said no at the time, but he wisely brought it with him. He brought an old Bible to me. A uh, little family heirloom, and as you will see if you're watching, oh, there's another piece that came off. It is in tatters, to say the least. The cover is terribly gone. The cover doesn't look like it was ever even remotely original real leather. It's clearly some sort of uh, vinyl back and something. But I figured I'd use this opportunity to explain the parts of a book and the details in the binding process. So, I'll do my best to describe this verbally if you're just listening on the podcast, but if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to actually see the example in front of you. But first and foremost, a cover, as you might imagine, is actually an entirely separate thing. It's its own piece of material specifically designed to just wrap what's called page block, which is what I'm holding in my hand here. 
Now, it's hard to see a, but a little bit, but there is behind this little strip of tape here a weave. Now, for those of you listening, I'm actually describing the back of the pages. So this is the part in the spine itself. And what you'll see there is that there's a lot of pages folded in half functionally, stitched together, and then there is a netting that glues, that holds them all into one piece and has glued them in place. So the individual folded sheets are called signatures or folios, depending on the size. And it, it, that's a more complicated question about whether a signature or folio, but regardless, I'm going to call them signatures from now on. So the signatures go together and then they're stitched together. So they are folded, put in place. Normally, they're stitched and then they're pressed down to, to each other and then they continue to stitch. And that pressing process allows for the pages to stay very, very tight and very close to each other. Now, the problem is, as you'd imagine, that anything that's stitched like that, particularly wafer-thin pages like this, have a tendency, if you wear with them enough, will eventually pull out. They'll, they'll, they'll t either tear through the, the stitching itself or the stitching will fray and become unusable over time. And because of all of that, the pages just fall out. Or the cover falls off in this case. So he asked me if I could rebind it. He said it was, a, you know, it was something that it was important to him. And I said yes, because I actually know how to do this, but there's a couple of different ways to do it. <clears throat> way one, and I'm going to call this the proper way, but it's not really proper in this setting because there is a couple of things that mitigate this, but the proper way that you would rebind this book is you would cut off the cover pages, these little kind of intermediary pages between the actual page block and the cover, which normally are glued down the cover, and you can actually see they've got the kind of remainder of whatever is the other side of this uh, cover. You would cut those off. You would then carefully cut off the netting with a scalpel as best you could. You would, you would separate the signatures into their pieces, you would try to clean them off as best as possible of any glue or remaining fabric. And then what you would do is you would put them onto a bookbinder loom and you would re-stitch them back together. And in the process, you would re-stitch a cover sheet onto it. So if you've ever opened up a picture book or any other book, I just think of a picture book because it's an easy example. There's that first page that's glued down to the cover and then there's the other page opposite it that then is attached to the page block. Functionally, that page that's attached to the page block is glued to the first page of that page block. It's hard to explain, I guess, without kind of having pictures associated with it, but the way to think of it is this. You've got your page block. Imagine your page block as all of the text that you want in your book. What you do then is you stitch cover sheets to it. That cover sheet goes on the front and on the back. And that's just blank. And then what you'll do is you'll either take that cover sheet and glue one half of that cover sheet to the front cover. Or the other way to do it is you'll glue a page to the front cover and then you'll glue the other half of that page to the cover sheet. So there's a couple of different ways to do it. It's been done differently over time. But the short version is, is that's how you would do this properly. You would you'd take it apart down to the signatures, you'd clean it up as best you can, and you'd restitch cover pages back onto it, and that would allow you to re-glue it into pages. Now, there's a couple of reasons I'm not going to do that. One, 
This book is so delicate, the pages are so thin, that in the process of taking it apart, I'd probably destroy most of the pages. At least the, the spine part of the pages. Now that limits my options in a couple of ways, and it's important to remember that nothing lasts forever in life, especially nothing like this lasts forever. So realistically, in the world of books, if you're talking about books from, you know, 150, 200, got a thousand years ago, all of those books, those are books that really basically shouldn't be read because in the process of using them, you will continue to destroy them. But I digress. Anyway, so here's the way I'm actually probably going to do this. And this is what I, I've talked about this with him. Like he knows that this is what's going to happen. And there's some advantages and disadvantages of the process. So for this one, what I'm going to do is I am going to pull off whatever this little, um, this little spine tape that's in the, the spine here um, that covers up the netting because I actually want to expose the netting. Because what I'm going to then do is I'm going to use, um, it's a type of epoxy glue. It's like E6000. For those of you who know, it's, it's, um, it, it's a glue that goes on and dries like rubber. Almost. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take and I'm going to use that glue to embed into the spine one of our miniature spine bars. So I will take and I'll basically completely cover this with glue with that E6000 after removing the thing. So the E6000 will be able to kind of soak into the kind of edge of the pages here. And mostly it'll mostly be able to soak into the netting is really what I'm after because the netting is attached to the pages themselves via the stitching. So if I can get the E6000 to soak into the netting and I can embed a mini spine bar in that E6000, what I then can do, and I'll probably at the same time, I'll probably add cover pages to it using the glue as a kind of an attach point. So I'll add a cover sheet to it because I'm actually going to have to cut these cover sheets off because they're in really rough shape. So then what I'll do is after that, I will make him a custom cover because this is an awkward size that's going to match our mini cut design as far as its kind of dimensions overall. And I will rebind that. I will attach that cover to the spine bar. Now, this method has a couple of disadvantages, I will admit. One, as you use the Bible going forward, this method of gluing a bar for like mine into the spine it has the potential of basically saying that the pages can't ever be rebound in stitching form because the glue is, it seeps into the spine. It seeps into that cover. It makes a very durable, very strong, very uniform um, and stable spine backing to the, the pages, right? So that won't necessarily fall apart per se, but the problem is that if you have pages that tear out, there's no way to put them back in there's no way to rebind them back in at all. Now, the good news is that's not really, it's really difficult to do that anyway. Um, but to do this, this process will likely make for a better cover. It'll allow for me to actually, I'll probably end up making him more than one cover um, of our leather, just in a couple of colors, because that way he can swap them out if he wants to change colors. And it'll protect the pages better. And it'll allow for him to have a way to keep the, Bible closed, right? Because I think that that's a part of this issue that a lot of these Bibles, when they get thrown in bags and they don't have them, they're not basically forced closed like with our pen loops. They have a tendency to kind of warp in the book, which can put a lot of extra pressure on the spine. And this one, as he said, was in his motorcycle bag for a while. So all in all, that's kind of how it is. 
Now, after describing that process to you and the complexity that goes involved, and this is with something that's already kind of, you know, I'm in the process of rebinding it. I'm not doing it necessarily the way it's supposed to be done. I'm doing it the way that I think is the best way in this case. You can see how it's very, very challenging and very difficult to do the rebinding process. And that's why there's not that many people that rebind books truly. And if I were to do this the proper rebinding way where you take it all apart and you restitch it together and you put it all back together, not only require, would that require equipment I don't have, um, it would also require probably 20 hours. That's a guess, but I'm, I'm based off of what I think it would take from time, it would take about 20 hours, which if you can imagine, even at minimum wage, 20 hours is a decent amount of money, right? And it's hard to get people to work for anything other than $15 these days. And it's hard to get talented people who are talented with their hands and are very capable of doing very talented, delicate work for more than, you know, for less than $15 anyways. So you can see that there's a bit of a dilemma in the process of offering rebinding as a process for us. And this is actually one of the reasons why I designed the number two the way I did. Because part of the reason I designed the number two journal to be where the, ins the page block comes out and it's entirely separate page block. Like the insert is a journal unto itself. The reason I did it that way is because I knew that this is a problem that happens. The page block begins to wear out or the cover on the book is what deals with all of the stress and pressure and it sometimes eventually tears off, right? This method of design that I've created for the number twos allows for A, if that happens, right? If your insert happens to tear out, right? For one reason or another, I mean, for all I know, a dog got it and tore it. It allows you for, for you to very easily swap out the inside for a new one, right? And there's been a lot of talk internally about us potentially offering our own inserts that we make ourselves in-house eventually. And I've looked at that. It's just going to be a very expensive operation and a very big change for us. So that's kind of why I've hesitated doing it, but that's the case. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to check back in on next Tuesday for that next topic. And don't forget to check that subscribe button as well as the notification bell to get notified right away of our latest podcast. If you have any questions or concerns about the leather binder journal folio or anything else we sell, please do contact us on the main page for our website at murdycreative.co or you can contact us via Instagram and Facebook. Also, you can message us on our Discord channel. The uh, Discord link to join our, our server is on the top of the description. Please do join our Discord. It's a great place to communicate directly with us and any of our staff. You can use text, email, call, direct message also to reach us. We do our best to get back as soon as possible, but we do appreciate your patience. Normally, we are able to respond within 24 hours. Um, as far as business hours go, right? For example, if you message us Friday night, we're not going to get back to it until Monday, but normally we're able to respond within 24 hours or sooner. So if for whatever reason it's been five days and you haven't heard from us, please definitely send us another follow-up message because it's entirely possible that for whatever reason the technology failed us and we just didn't get it. If you have a quick question or you want to place an order over the phone, please do feel free to give us a phone call at 414-434-9001. We're available Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Central Time. That You can also text at the S at that number as well, 414-434-9001. If for whatever reason you don't get a hold of us either during business hours or after hours, please do feel free to leave us a voicemail. We do listen to them. We respond to them. If you're calling about a specific order itself, please do include the order number. It starts with the letter S and is followed by a series of digits. Once again, that's 414-434-9001, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Central Time. If you think we deserve it, a good review goes a long way to help us grow a new community. Both a review on the podcast app on whatever you're listening on, as well as a review on the product itself if you have one and you like it. Go to murdercreative.co slash reviews to read all of our amazing five-star reviews. There's also a button there that says leave us a good review. If you click on that, it will now take you, should take you now to Google. Uh, and you can leave your review on Google. It does help our SEO, helps our web, improve our website traffic, and that gives us a little boost there. 
if for whatever reason you'd leave us a bad review. There's another button there that says get directly in contact with us. It is deeply important to me personally that everyone has a good experience with the company and I will do anything in my power to help fix the problem, whatever it is. So please, 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 before you leave us a bad review, give us an opportunity to make things right and to, to take care of you because we really will. Word of mouth is the best form of advertising, so tell your friends about the company. You want to get a little something for doing that, go to the website, log in with the little man icon at the top, or create a profile. Once you've done that, you can go to the bottom left-hand corner of the main page of the website. There's a little tab button. You click on that, it'll open up your rewards tab. On that, you'll be able to see all of the rewards points you've earned. That's called Murdy Creative Cash. You get those as 10% back. Anytime you make a purchase in-store, you get 10% back as in-store credit that you can use on anything in-store, which is great. Also, there's a shareable link in that window. That shareable link, when you give that to your friends and family and they buy something, they get $10 off that purchase and you get $10 of in-store credit when they make that purchase. So it's a great way to help the company. It helps us, helps you. It's wonderful all around. If you have any podcast topics you want to hear more about, send them my way. I'm always happy to talk about just about anything. And I get, want to give you guys what you're looking for. Also, if you want to talk more about, you know, just generic things like the podcast or other questions about the behind the scenes, check out our Discord server once again. Go check that out. Top of the description. Join our Discord server. Ask questions. I do answer them. It's wonderful. So if you're looking for multiple binders, journals, folios, anything we sell for gifts, giveaways, menus, really any reason we do have bulk discounts available. They are built directly into the cart. So all you need to do is add all of the items that you would like. You can mix and match to your heart's desire to the cart. Once you hit that, you can hit checkout and it's just based off the total cart quantity. So no worries about, you know, whether you need to get X of this and Y of that. Nope, just it's based off the total cart quantity and that is it. And once you hit that checkout button, it'll automatically apply the appropriate discount for the quantity that you've selected. If you're looking for custom engraved items, we do have, uh, we, we have that capability and we have no minimum order quantities and no setup fees. It's a simple flat fee, normally about $15. It can go down quite a bit from there, of course. You're getting a whole bunch of them, so the bulk orders discounts do apply to that fee itself. But, so if you're looking for, you know, to get something for your company or for whatever, definitely check that out. But if you want to get just one, we do just one. Go to any of the product pages on the website, click add custom logo to open up the custom version of that product. Once you've opened up the custom version of that product, feel free to check the boxes of what you're looking for, for the color and the type of leather and all that other good stuff, and then hit add custom logo. That'll launch the customizer. In that customizer, you can add images, you can add text, you can resize, reposition, rotate. And when you hit add to cart and check out, that particular design that you created is, is, is stapled right to that order in our back end. That allows for us to, to just reproduce it exactly as you designed it uh, without having to do any changes or edits when we finally go to make it. So it's a great way to do that. If for whatever reason you don't see that add custom logo button, please do send us an email, sales at murdycreative.co, sales at murdycreative.co, and request a custom, you know, item like that. Custom, you know, I would like to get my sunglass case. That's a good example of one that's not in the customizer. I'd like to get a sunglass case with my company logo on it. We'd be happy to make you a mock-up as well as a custom order link for that specific product. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day and goodbye.